A lot of people celebrate May as Mental Wellness Month, and it means a lot to me personally because I um, have a personal experience with mental wellness and a mother who ended her life early because she just didn't have the resources to thrive. And this is why I created 360 Life Strategies. So many of us just um, elbow our way through life just trying to figure out how to get to the next day. And when we're raised without the resources and guidance of a healthy mom and dad, it becomes really, really important that we learn from other people how to create strategies to thrive. I mean, not just survive day to day, but thrive. So this month for May, I'm having a series of guests who have lined up some strategies for you. If that's something that you need, I guarantee you, you're going to find hope. If it's not something that you need because you had the help that so many of us didn't, then keep in mind that you might know somebody and you can tell when somebody really needs help because they don't know how to navigate stress. And this is a really good litmus test, this COVID crisis. So I hope you'll listen and think of somebody who might need to hear this message and send it along. Thanks. Cloud. All right, so we are recording now, and now I'm going to go and do the little lovely, like when you upgrade to this version, you just go to more, then you click live on Facebook. Yeah. And then it will take a little bit of time. Let's see, here it is. So then when you do live on Facebook, you get to choose where you want to do it. We're not going to do it on my timeline. We can do it in our group. And it's called Simply Full. There it is. Next. Okay. We're getting a little closer. It should say preparing at the upper left of our screen yet, but it won't go live until until we go live. Okay. And then one thing to note that once um, this is up in Facebook, you can't go back and rework like the headlines. You have to do it the way you want to do it right now. Okay, that's good to so, know. Yeah, well, I learned that out of frustration. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, happy May. Join Donna, C-A-R-L-S-O-N, right? Uh -huh. Join Carson. Is it me, Donna and me? Donna and I? No, Donna and me. Donna and me. Yeah, it's always me on the end of the am. Yeah. <laughs> Join Donna Carlson and me as we talk about leadership and leading ourselves into a brighter, lighter, uh, brighter, lighter future. That sounds okay with you? Talking yeah. about as we talk about leadership. And leading ourselves into a brighter light of future. Donna is our um, wellness. I'm going to check and make sure that that sign up sheet is on my website for the strategy session. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Right, and if, if, um, if that feels like a struggle, we could always say go tomorrow. Um, I could, I'm pretty sure it's up there. I just want to make sure. Yeah, it's really bold. Schedule a free strategy session right there on the landing page. Perfect. Should not Perfect. be a problem. 
Okay, happy May. Join Donna Carlson and me as we talk about leadership and leading ourselves into a brighter, lighter future. Donna is our May Wellness Interview guest. Um, and then, let's see, um, post any additional questions you have below. And we'll try to get to them. And we'll try to get to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're watching the questions in the live feed while we're going. Yeah, I've got my phone right here. So I'm going to pull those up. Yep. And so that's what, if I'm looking down, it's because I'm looking at my phone. Right, right. So I won't bother with tracking that if you're doing it. So right. You, keep my yeah. eye contact on the all, eye on the ball. Perfect. All right. So we're going to go live. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, go live. Let's see. Okay. Go live, add a title, sure. Where is the title? There it is. Okay, and go live. All right. I think we are live, Donna. Let me double check here, and uh, and then we'll be able to go. I'm thrilled to be able to connect with you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, out of your day. This sisterhood is so special to me. And yes, we are live. So hello. Yes. Hello, hello. And uh, welcome, everybody, to our, our May Wellness interview and i am delighted to share as you all already know that today we get to meet a fellow coloradan and this is donna carlson so donna thank you so much for for sharing yourself with us today so glad to be here this is a really important place to be to get out the good news <laughs> isn't it though right now community sisterhood is just so important and yeah. our theme this month is simply full it is all about leadership and self-leadership but we all need, we can think we can do it all on our own, but gosh, is it more fun when we've got a, a community around us to kind of cheer us on for sure. Right, right. Band together. Absolutely. Um, we need to encourage each other and we need to provide a safe place to talk about the things that are really frustrating so that that frustration doesn't fester inside us and make us sick, you know? Because it actually really does. It festers inside and then it manifests as sickness. Right, right. I love that. It's so true. Donna, we, we're, hey everybody, we are definitely going to get to all of your questions. Thank you so much for posting those. And I think this is such an incredible topic. So delighted to be bringing this to you all today. But let's, I want you to know Donna. And I want to get to know Donna better. And Donna and I were just talking earlier. I'm like, how did we meet? And we couldn't remember. <laughs> But that, that can be a really good thing too. And I, I want to say one of the, one of the silver linings of COVID-19 for me is that I have really been um, crossing paths with some incredible people online and I'm spending more time online. Right. And one of the blessings or one of the silver linings is I, I got to meet you. And so Donna, Donna's got three kids. She lives in Colorado Springs. So just a couple hours south of me. Donna, we always pass it on our way to Pueblo. We love to camp and mountain oh, bike yeah. in Pueblo. <laughs> yeah, great down there. It is. So, you know, instead of me kind of reading off um, what everybody's got already, can you share two or three 
two or three just gems of your life. How kind of just what makes you smile every day? Uh, what <laughs> if, if if you could spend twenty four hours doing anything? What what would that be? We'll just start there. Oh, how fun! You know, this is a good time to ask that question because uh, last night we celebrated the seventeenth birthday of my youngest daughter. If that doesn't make you feel old, <laughs> nothing well. And uh, you know what? Um, I love. I um, am a big believer of practicing gratitude on a daily basis. It's it's hard to lift your spirits. Um, we have to sometimes just really, you know, make that a, 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 a deliberate effort. And it's been easy for me because all of my kids, even my adult daughter who works full time, uh, was sent home from her job in Seattle over a month ago. So she just came home. She said, I don't want to spend this time in my apartment. So um, this middle daughter came home from college and then I have one in high school. And it has been like Christmas for us. COVID has been a gift. We've had more time together in the past month than we've had for the past five years. And I, you know, I know I'm, I'm afraid to say this a little bit because I know not everybody has the same experience with their kids home. And mine are 22, 19 and 17, pretty much self-driven. They don't need any encouragement. They're very motivated to, to do their schoolwork. So I don't have to cajole them into studying. But you know, yesterday when we we're celebrating my um, daughter's 17th birthday, they were dancing in the kitchen and singing out loud. And it didn't matter whether anyone was on pitch, they were singing at the top of their lungs and dancing. And I tried to record this on my phone because I knew this was gonna be a moment we wanted to remember. And then they rushed me and said, no, you can't record this. <laughs> so so my, my daughters are all introverts and they're very protective of their privacy. <laughs> yeah. And they have a mom who is a big like, share everything with the world, anything that can make somebody laugh. So they're always having to hold me back. But I love the fact that we are dancing and singing in the kitchen and we're all well. And I think part of what contributes to that is that we are dancing and singing. We're not sitting there lamenting. In fact, let me say, if it's legal, I don't know. I don't want to make anyone, you know, give any ideas to anyone who, um, you know, is breaking any rules. But my 17 year old wanted to celebrate her birthday with her best friends and keep the six foot distancing guidelines and all of that stuff. So they backed their cars up in a circle in the school parking lot and they sat in the back of their cars with their trunks or hatchbacks open and had their own birthday party they would like run over and drop a birthday present and then run back to their car and so it was just hilarious they are keeping the distancing but they're still getting together and i think this is something uh we just need to get creative about how to live life in this period of time um you know the 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 tailgate party uh, the tailgate parties really just need to begin because we need to connect. <laughs> you know, I think that's I I bet your daughter's heart was so full and connecting with others. I mean that is that's what also builds resilience. Yes, and, and so I think that's important. Like dancing, as you mentioned, dancing in the kitchen builds resilience, and that's what we want to do with COVID nineteen. Like i i want to place my bets on the things i choose to do yeah. and so i i've been eating more oranges i've been i'm, I'm trying to i'm getting more sleep i am mm -hmm. trying to i'm still walking i'm still 
I'm still feeling uh, gratitude for these gorgeous, gorgeous sunsets. Yes. And I'm making sure I'm getting out to see them. Now, there was a time where I wasn't, Donna. I was heads down, working crazy. And then, like, I just had to snap out of that and say, no, yeah. it's important to look outside. You know, I, I saw my neighbor walking on the street and at a safe distance, so I rolled down my window and I, uh, and I said, you are radiant today. And she said, I am radiant. I am so happy. I am so happy that I get to be with my family and we live this slower pace and I'm walking the dogs and taking long walks. And I said, do you think this is something we can hang on to after this um, stay at home order is released? And she said, I hope so. We really have to commit to it because it's going to be easy to, for life to rush back in and strangle us with the same demands that we used to fall victim to. We have to hang on to this, this new normal. I, oh my gosh, I could not agree more. And what you just said, I want to repeat it. Everybody, I think this is just so important. The idea of radiance mm -hmm. and that you can be radiant right now. And yeah. that radiance comes from living a slower pace and being more intentional with all of your decisions. And so uh, I want to ask you something, Donna, and then I really want to get into leadership, but you've got a sign behind you yeah. that says, always do what you're afraid to do. Yep. Can you tell us about that sign? You know, I made that sign with a group of women who came to one of my life strategy retreats. They are an intact team and they brought their entire team to my retreat to learn about creating a life strategy to be more effective at work, at home, and inside between the ears. And um, what we did in that workshop was create these boards. And I chose that sign as my project for the day. And I ended up bringing it to the retreat and it has started um, basically a, a core requirement for all life strategy retreats. That sign goes with me, it sits in front of the podium. People come and take pictures of it. They take pictures of themselves next to the sign because um, the mentality is not to go and, um, as one of my friends like tongue in cheek suggested to go and do something stupid that you're afraid to do. That's not the idea. But the idea is if something that is born inside of your heart uh, feels too scary for you to take on, um, the directive is to do it anyway. Be afraid and do it anyway. Nothing ever said that you're gonna be comfortable uh, before you do the hard thing. And right now, this crisis is, is really lighting a fire under people to rethink their business strategy, to rethink how they can offer products online, to rethink how they can communicate with coworkers online. If you don't sell a product online, how are you doing business? My daughter works for a big tech company and they're just reinventing normal in terms of how they do meetings, how they do client conversations. And you know what? The world continues to spin. Yes. So, Whatever that thing is that seems too hard to solve, um, I'm quoting Marie Forleo now, everything is figureoutable. And I'll add to Marie, everything's figureoutable and go ahead and do it even if you're afraid. <laughs> oh, I just love that. And so I, I'm, going, I'm coming to a retreat, like the next, when, when the world opens up. Yeah, uh, do you, do I've had to put my plans on hold. I have to wait until I can see when we can have a retreat. Right, right. Well, I'm coming to your next one because it sounds amazing. And if you're all interested, you don't have to live in Colorado. I'm sure you can fly in for the weekend if you want. Oh, yeah. Information on your website. 
Yeah, we're we're doing retreats all over the world, actually. Um, I probably will have another one in Colorado before I have another destination retreat, but we're planning them in um, France um, um, and England and Greece, Bali. Uh, but we're also planning that one outside of Atlanta. We're planning one in Seattle. I'm working with some people in Chicago to get that area covered. There's some beautiful places for us to retreat in that Chicago area. So, uh, you know, if you want to bring the retreat to your town, all you need to do is say, okay, Donna, when are we going to do it? <laughs> and I love it. I will and assemble the team. Yeah. Okay. And then the focus of this retreat, what is the focus? Look, it's a life strategy retreat. And here's the fun part, Heather, you might, uh, I mean, the people who are attracted to my retreats um, uh, will know who they are right away. It's a wine and yoga retreat. <laughs> um, we teach leadership using the winemaking process as a metaphor for developing the inner character of a leader based on the premise that you want to leave kind of a, a flavor or an aroma behind when, wherever you're leading, whether it's in the kitchen with your kids or in the boardroom, wherever you influence people, you wanna leave this resonant aroma, a flavor on their palate. And the way that we're learning how to do this is through uh, wine tasting and studying the characteristics of a fine wine. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't really need that much of a, a a motive to do the inner work that they need to be successful but gosh if you like wine then you, you have to be at this retreat <laughs> <laughs> and yoga well I love that metaphor I mean that's a I, I have to say that's a really powerful metaphor and I I have had a lot of wine in my life I actually pulled away from wine but I have really enjoyed a lot of wine and <laughs> Right. The metaphor is so incredibly powerful. It is. You want to shine your light, and you also want to realize when you walk away, like, what what are you leaving behind? What is that experience? What is that memory? What is what is all of that? Exactly. And when you think about just how um, a grapevine is grown and how it's networked above ground and it's networked below ground. Oh. Uh, we have to remain connected to each other. We need to be connected into the vine to be really truly um, reflecting what we want to reflect in terms of that character. And um, the just even if you if you pick apart the the specific actions that a winemaker does to care for the grapes, there's pruning. <laughs> you know, yeah. we have to learn that pruning is good and learn to accept failure as a learning opportunity and not as a judgment against us. We need to learn how we need to work together with others, be grafted into what other people are doing in order to create something bigger and more lasting than what we can create alone. There's so many really, really powerful metaphors. It blows me away. Oh my gosh, I love, I, the, what a gift. Thank you for sharing this gift with all of us and a new lens to think about our own personal growth, yeah. our own personal leadership, our own personal happiness. Right. But there are just so many ways to go about it. There's not just one way. And I really love the metaphor too. Yes. So I want to say welcome, welcome to everybody who's watching live right now. Let us know. I can see you're there, but I can't see who it is. So let us know where, um, who is here with us and who's watching. And if you have any questions, post them below and we'll make sure to get to them. 
So Donna, before I dive into all the questions, leadership, the idea of leadership and self-leadership. Yeah. High level, what comes to mind to you? Head level with women, I hear I'm not a leader. I don't have leadership in my title. I don't have a title. I don't work. <laughs> you know, I know we probably come from a variety of backgrounds. Every single one of us is a leader. Just the way we show up at the grocery store is an opportunity to demonstrate leadership. We can either be part of the complaining crowd or we can show our the smile in our eyes because you can't see our face when we're wearing our face masks. <laughs> you can you can hear a smile in your voice. You can see a smile in your eyes. And leadership is the way we, we show up everywhere. We have influence. Even when I walk into the house and the kitchen is a mess and I have to ask my kids, what's going on here? I can actually make the situation worse or I can make it better through how I lead. Oh, that is a pearl of wisdom right there. You can make the situation worse or better depending on how you lead depending right. on your reaction to a situation. Yeah. My life is a laboratory for that because I have three kids. I can't say they're all teenagers anymore. I'm about to lose my second one to adulthood. She'll be 20 this year. But especially like right now when they're all home, um, I've learned not to walk in and say, why the heck is the kitchen of a mess? Uh, I say, oh, wow, the kitchen's a mess. That must mean that you guys are studying or doing something really important. So. What do I need to do to help you? What can we do to create a solution in the kitchen? <laughs> Love it. So it's not an immediate judgment. It's like, oh, something bigger is happening. Like, yeah, yeah I'll see the mess first. Yeah. But something bigger is happening. And how can we celebrate that? And then you're saying, how can we pitch in? Which is music to anybody's ears. Well, and sometimes there's no immediate solution. Sometimes mom and dad are both busy and all the kids are busy and the kitchen's just going to stay a mess until we can solve it together. But the whole premise is a leader doesn't come in and start shouting out orders. A leader knows how to look around to see a situation and to, to start to connect with the people to figure out how are we going to solve this together? Because the problem is shared and the solution needs to be shared. Oh my gosh, the problem is shared and the solution needs to be shared. I will tell you, I got up this morning and I told my kids, I said, we are cleaning up and I did not come at it from a very, uh, uh, I came at it as kind of like a dictator. Yes. So uh, the response was not very happy. And even though it only took seven minutes total, uh, it was a very unhappy seven minutes. Right. Uh, and so it doesn't have to be that way. Well, and the only reason I have this advice to offer is because I've made all the mistakes in the book and my kids would come in and testify to you right now that I have made all the mistakes in the book. And that's all, that's the only reason that I'm qualified to say, I have figured out how it can work when I show up as a leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And honestly, stress is what keeps us from bringing our whole mind to any situation. Uh, stress is what just hijacks our ability to think clearly. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, it does. It does. All right. If you're watching, let me know. And I think, Donna, let's go ahead and dive. I'm looking at the clock. Yep. Let's go ahead and dive into these questions. They are so good. So <clears throat> the first question is from Pam. Thank you, Pam, for your question. Talk to me about staying strong and kind in the face of snarky comments from female coworkers. I am a kind physician with lots of ideas. 
I love to make processes simpler and more efficient and eliminating unnecessary work. I'm self-aware enough to bring these up appropriately. And yeah. if anything, I'm learning to speak up more and believe in myself. A coworker who isn't interested in any of these things told me I'm intimidating with all my ideas. I just tell myself that her feelings are hers to process and it has more to do with her than me, but there's still 2% of me that believes her. How do you stay friendly and still be a strong leader? Yeah, that's so good, Pam, because you know, um, in a new scenario <laughs> that I'm in, um, I feel like I constantly um, worry that I'm going to really push people away by my constant cheerfulness and positive attitude. And that's not an excuse for me to switch and try to be negative or sarcastic. <laughs> you know, in our leadership, we have to know the boundaries of our control. Um, there are things within our control and things outside of our control. We can only control how we respond to a situation and we can't control how others receive it. And you know, when some people receive the situation, think about it as if you're volleying a, volleying a tennis ball or just throwing a beach ball. Some people might catch it and they get it and they toss it back in a friendly way. Others are gonna catch it and stick it behind the couch. And others are gonna catch it and pop the beach ball and find some reason to poke holes in whatever positive attitude you have. And I would say, continue to show up as the person you wanna be in the world. And I would be careful about trying to explain to others what's wrong with their perspective. And instead flip that and say, I hadn't thought about that before. Okay, so if my ideas are uh, overwhelming and intimidating, I think I need to slow down. But I'm not gonna dial back my enthusiasm because we have too much to accomplish here. But I do, I do hear you uh, that I, I do need to slow down a little bit and I will take that into consideration. And then go do it, just go do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's, I love the analogy of throwing the ball and how are people responding? Yeah. Um, Pam, um, oh my gosh, don't, don't ever try to stop the flow of your ideas. That is such a gift yeah. that you've got ideas. Right. And I, it's like one of my favorite senses, ah, I've got another idea. And it's just, that is a gift to the world. And some people, they, they might be intimidated by those ideas, but mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's their issue. And right. I know there's a 2% of you that believes, believes the negativity and that's part biology. Mm -hmm. uh, but love the idea of when you have these ideas, have that analogy or that metaphor in your head of you share an idea and then you put the, you toss the ball out there and then watch as she responds. Yeah. And what is she doing with that ball? Yeah. Well, and it's not in your domain to control what she does with that ball. Right. That's for her to control. And if you're the boss and somebody's not controlling the ball in a way that is in the best interest of the organization, there are ways that you can lay down guidelines for how we're going to um, behave on this team. And if people don't want to comply, again, that's their choice. You don't have to force them but you can give consequences. They, you know, the basics of parenting, you know, parenting by consequences, you can do that on a team right. as she well. Sounds, she sounds cranky. Pam, she sounds cranky. I don't know if I want, like, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier said than done to say, don't have cranky be on the team. Uh, I think Pam is in a position here where she can decide. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. we can absorb that ne negativity or we can let it bounce off. Um, think about yourself like a turtle. The turtle um, is uh, not going to absorb 
anything. In fact, when they're in danger, they tend to retract everything that's vulnerable, roll around a bit, then they come out again and they walk away. So <laughs> let it hit the shell and roll off. You don't have to keep it. Oh, that is a pearl of wisdom. I love that. Okay, Pam has one more question. I would like a mentor, someone to get to know me and help me to see my strengths and weaknesses and help me grow. Sure of someone offering to be my mentor, how do I go about finding one or cultivating that kind of relationship? That's a really good point, Pam. And I wanna emphasize the difference between a mentor and a coach because I have been coaching a gal who um, used the word mentor in our conversation. And I said, let's just be really clear on the roles here. Uh, a mentor is somebody who has done what you want to do and they're providing you guidelines on how you get there, helping to provide you insight on how you show up and give you advice on how you can progress down the path. Oftentimes a mentor relationship is just built in. Um, a lot of organizations have a mentor program built in and um, that just kind of becomes a natural part of your regular process. A coach is someone who provides an objective viewpoint into your life, understands your goals, helps you to see yourself more objectively, might help you find a mentor and negotiate a mentoring relationship. But a coach is somebody who will challenge you and um, see your stuff and ask you to, to um, take a good hard look at the things that are working and the things that aren't working. And it's their job to really hold you accountable to growth. So make sure you know the difference there. And if your organization doesn't have a mentor um, program built in, there are different organizations that have mentoring built into your membership. It um, might be through a women's organization, you know, like, like eWomen or Elevate or Forward Women. Um, you can often join these professional women's organizations and sign up for mentorship, either in groups or one-on-one -on -one, if you don't have it in your organization. Super. That's a great answer. Okay. So Jenny is asking, at what point do you stand up for yourself and speak your truth rather than letting go of the situation and not being hooked by it? I guess you could call it drawing the line. Hmm. You know, again, it goes back to that uh, little resiliency exercise we we're talking about with your own control boundaries and responding according to what you can control not getting sucked into other people's drama. You need to remember who you are. And if you're not clear on that, then take a, a piece of paper and write two columns on it. On the left-hand side, write down that person that you tend to be, the things you tend to say uh, that you have to apologize for later. <laughs> and, and in the right-hand column, write down what does this look like when I'm responding according to my best possible self, when I'm wholehearted and I'm using my whole mind and I'm really engaged in relationship and not in protecting my ego. So keep that person in the right-hand column in mind when you respond in a situation and make sure that any negative comments, any negative influence stays on their side of the, the tennis court. <laughs> And you're going to respond according to who you are. Does that help? Do we need to get more specific? Oh, that is such a good tool. A, a simple tool. You write that down and you just get really real with yourself. I've never heard that before, but I love that, Donna. Um, Karen would like to know, I'd like to know how to hold boundaries and what to do when people don't respect them. And then on top of that, Connie would like to know, 
Also, how to set boundaries for the different roles a woman may, may hold, partner, mother, employee, boss, and use the different skill sets as those roles all overlap. So wow. I, can go, I can read them again if you want. Yeah, okay. read it again so I can take it in a second time. Definitely. Um, okay, so Karen is saying, I'd like to know how to hold boundaries and what to do when people don't respect them. Yeah. And then Connie would like to go a little deeper on boundaries, how to set boundaries for the different roles a woman may have. So we're the partner, the mother, the employee, the boss. And then um, how do you set those roles for those, or set the boundaries for those different roles that you have? Yeah. Um, and then use the different skill sets as those roles may overlap. Yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there, but there's a, um, a system that I use that I teach in my coaching program that helps you to create boundaries for decision-making based on your values. So again, kind of like we're talking about that person that you want to be when you're their best, you can create that set of values to um, keep your boundary, um, the, the boundaries of your boundaries clear. You can do that to help with decision-making process. Like if you're trying to hold your boundaries in a work context, let's say that you're being asked to work longer hours than you're being paid to work and you need to be able to set clear boundaries. Um, your personal boundaries will really help you determine the values for being able to set the boundaries that you need to enforce in a workplace, in a team, in different relationship circles. You need to decide um, if you're willing to work past 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. or whatever that time is, and make sure you don't respond to email outside of that boundary. And if you have to catch up on email at night, set it to go out the next morning at eight so people don't get in the habit of hearing back from you at eight o'clock at night. You're setting your own boundaries by letting people know how accessible you're going to be. And if you start to break those down too soon, then people will take advantage of it, sadly, even if they don't mean to. They'll say, oh, Donna always responds within minutes, so I can text her anytime. You need to hold your boundaries and refrain from answering those texts if it's outside of the boundaries of your commitment. Does that help? Oh, that is so good. That is so good. And, uh, you know, in my mind thinking like, okay, so if I, because you can't automate the emails. That's right. I've never done it. Mm -hmm. But you can set those, you can actually once that's set up in your in your Google in your in your account, you can breathe a, a sigh of relief because you know you've done it. Yeah, you know it's done. It doesn't mean it, like it had to be in their inbox. It's done and it will be out there. Right. What about the fear of somebody? This is my own follow up of like. Well, no, it's it, again. It's what you're saying. It's here are my values, and I'm going to live into my values, and I don't respond past nine o'clock or eight o'clock or seven or whatever that number, whatever that, that number is. You're right. Cause somebody could send like two or three more emails. Hey, da, 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 da. Well then at that point, if it's that important to send so many emails, pick up the phone. That exactly. person have, picked up the phone. have two policies. Um, I, I heard what I was hearing you say, um, the road that you started to go down on. I don't know if it's fear of reprisal or fear of what somebody might think. And I want to number one address, fear. Uh, most of what we're afraid of is something that we've made up in our head that isn't actually true yet. Most of the fear of this COVID crisis is the fear of if I got sick, what would happen to my, and you know what? 80, 
90% of us aren't going to get it. So make sure that you keep your fear in check with what you know to be true. And you need to even ask yourself, huh, I'm thinking, what if she gets mad at me? What if she reports me for not responding to her email? Uh, what if they go and hire somebody else because I didn't get back fast enough? You know, ask yourself that question. What's the worst thing that can happen? And you know what? If um, somebody is going to um, um, do something um, to harm you in response to you holding your boundaries, you need to ask yourself, is that, if, is that a relationship you really want to keep or not? Because if you're holding your boundaries and you know who your number one is, um, for some of us, it's me. <laughs> for some of us, it's taking care of our family. You need to know what your boundaries are and what you're willing to cross so that you don't have to make a decision. Your values make your decision for you. Oh, if you lose that job, is it the right job? I mean, you have to really ask yourself that question. I love that. Okay, that's another nugget. Your value, you don't have to make the decision. Your values make values the decision. will make the decision for you. And you can never go wrong if your values are making the decision. And I want to make sure and make it clear. Some of us are working a job we hate because we need the money. But the reason that we have a life strategy is because we're creating a plan to get out of that and create the life that we're made to live. And I'm not talking pie in the sky. I'm, I'm talking about a really solid strategy to save my money, start to make the contacts I need. You are creating your breadcrumb path to get out of your current reality into your future reality. And you can start exercising boundaries now. Love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna keep going. Okay. Next question is anonymous. Can you talk a little bit about the similarities and differences between self-leadership and self-motivation or being a self-starter? Uh-huh. Well, it starts with the, the, the conversations you have within your head. Um, sometimes, once we get on a really fast-moving forward path of leadership, if we set a good foundation, it's just gonna, it's gonna become a habit to lead well. But for some of us, if we haven't had good examples set, or if we've been entertaining thoughts inside our head that aren't telling the truth, especially those thoughts that start to accuse us of not being smart enough or not having that degree or that certification, or I don't have the title. Um, I'm in a role now, right now, um, just recently within the past month where I have to make decisions and people don't agree with them. And I have to say, I hear you, I understand. Okay, tell me more. That doesn't mean I have to change my decision. And um, if you're making your decision based on the best um, outcome for everybody, then you can have confidence in that decision. But if you're still battling within your head, whether you're smart enough or in, uh, entitled enough to make that decision, you need to tell your head, <laughs> <laughs> to stand down and continue to do the next right thing. It's going to become a habit in your thinking if you start to act according to what you know to be true and not what you fear to be true. Does that help? Oh, that's so good. And I just want to reiterate, like some of those thoughts are lies. And the, I mean, a lot of those thoughts are lies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I used to out. think I couldn't be a coach unless I had done the thing that you're doing and then my my coach said donna 
it's not your job to know how to do their job. It's your job to challenge them and give them an objective viewpoint so that they can make their own goals clear. Yeah. And so we, we listen to these lies all the time. Yeah, gotta, gotta stand them down. Well, I just like the, the simplicity in calling it a lie. Yeah. Because we, 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 we give so much attention to all these thoughts and most of them aren't, aren't worthy of us. Neuroscientists will say that a thought can happen inside your head, but you don't have to accept it as truth. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. next question. Uh, let's see. Um, as a person develops their voice and begins to set, sorry, let me start over. As a person develops their voice and begins to set their new course, how would they best pivot in relationships, home and work, to stay authentic to their growth and development while maintaining the relationship. I realize it may be different for positive and negative relationships. So as somebody kind of grows into themselves, yeah. lives into a new future, or yeah. gets excited about that, how do they best pivot in the relationships to stay true or authentic to their growth as well as maintaining the relationships? Yeah, it's a really good point. This comes up a lot in um, coaching about self-leadership because honestly, some of the people who hang out with you, let's say, let's take the left-hand column, that column of who you used to have to apologize for. The people who are used to that person might actually start to get angry with you for becoming the person in the right-hand column because they're used to that old person and maybe they felt somewhat comforted by your mistakes or your failures because it made them feel better about themselves. And you can't own that. And there are people when you become the best person you can be, some people will not want to hang around with you anymore. And um, I've actually had friends unfriend me, somebody who I thought was my best friend in the world, the only person who ever remembered my birthday. She said, I just don't have room in, in my life for our relationship anymore. I'm just gonna have, to. I mean, she took me off her Christmas list. So, um, that's her issue and as much as it kills me i still cry about it it's still that's her issue it's not mine to own and i can still send her birthday cards and christmas cards and just say when you're ready i'm here you don't have to own it though i love that you still do that because you are showing up in your truth yeah. and you're showing up in your integrity and you're still behaving the way you want to behave right in life. And I think that, I mean, we've all had heartbreaks. And so thank you for being vulnerable in this space right now, Donna, and sharing that heartbreak with us. Yeah, it's important. We have to tell our stories. It gives each other courage. Right. Now, if you want to maintain the relationship, but you also want to grow at the same time, are there ways to like kind of not tiptoe, but, but to do that? You know, um, it often comes down to, I use the Thanksgiving table as kind of a, an example. <laughs> the people that we love, that we spend time with on a regular basis, and there's no way we would not show up for Thanksgiving. But we can actually um, shift the conversation. If it starts to focus on something that seems to be creating a polarity or any kind of conflict, just turn the conversation and start asking them questions about themselves. Um, and that's the way you get through a Thanksgiving meal without an argument you decide to stop talking about religion and politics and you talk about something that they want to talk about. And so do the same thing with your friends, ask them to tell you about work, tell them about the kids, just keep them talking so much that they leave with the, the, the feeling that, wow, 
she really cares about me. <laughs> and I was hurt. Yeah. No, that you're just trying to keep the conversation off of you. <laughs> oh, that is so beautiful. That, that piece of advice, though, is so powerful. We all want to feel heard. We yeah. all want to feel accepted. And that is so incredibly powerful. And frankly, the more questions you ask, the more curious you'll be about this person. And maybe yeah. you'll see things in them that you didn't see before. And you realize, yeah. well, they actually are growing they're growing in a different way, but it's still beautiful. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so what a gift to even get more curious about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Curiosity is the key word for being curious. Love it. Okay, we've got one more question. Okay. Can you speak to ways to begin, sorry. Can you speak to ways to begin self-discovery and developing self-leadership when embarking on a new chapter in life, possibly following a traumatic or life-changing event or desire to go in a different direction from the current path? Oh, yeah. I will, first thing that came to my mind, uh, this is the first step that we do in a life strategy workshop. We talk about the things that have happened in our lives that might have triggered certain messages. Those messages we're talking about that aren't true. We, we do this, this assessment um, to survey where those seeds were planted. And then we create strategies to make sure that we grow past them. And um, especially if you have had a really serious trauma in your life, um, this is really, really important, especially with May being Mental Wellness Month. I want to plant this seed really clearly. Um, we are grieving the loss of a normal in this past month and a half. People whose kids aren't walking the stage at graduation makes me cry. Yeah. I think I love graduation more than my kids did. And we're grieving the loss of jobs or the loss of revenue. We're grieving the loss of friendships that we can't hang out with right now. So let yourself grieve. And if you need help, I have names of grief recovery counselors that you can talk to. We need to learn to grieve what we've lost and name it out loud and have some accountability to talk it over with someone so it doesn't live inside. And once we've done that, we are really free to move forward. I just posted on my Facebook page something that somebody shared with me. Um, and uh, I, you know, I wish I could remember exactly what it said, but it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with going deep, but you're not going to heal if you stay there. You, you go deep to discover and heal and move forward. Oh, I love that. That like the healing does not mean you stay stagnant. You're right. You right. have to move forward. Well, and when we do that exercise in life strategy retreats or just in my coaching program, I always say, we're not going to stay here. We're not going to ruminate on it. We're not going to let any of these messages rotate in our head. And the whole idea is you get above it as if you're on the second floor watching a flood wash everything out of your house and you're not in it. You're not getting sucked in. You're objectively saying, well, there goes the sofa, but you're owning the fact that you're alive, you're well, you're moving forward to your best possible next future. Yeah. And maybe because it happened, it was supposed to happen. Right? Well, you know what? If we could, if I could, uh, I wish I could make a career out of outplacement coaching because when people get fired or laid off or somehow lose their jobs, it's so easy for the human mind to say, I'm a failure. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. And it's not true. 
And it wasn't until one of the senior level officers came to me when I got laid off, she asked me to breakfast and she said, Donna, you know that you have outgrown this position. You have become bigger than what we have room for. And you know this is the best thing for you. And you've been unwilling to make the bold move to leave. And she said, I can't say that as your boss, but I can say that as your friend. And I wish there were more people in the world like that. She actually has become a coach. (laughs) (laughs) um, She's doing that for people now. And it has inspired my coaching because I wish I could tell everyone who's been through a traumatic change in their life, whether it's a loss of job or a divorce or a death, um, we can't celebrate these things happening to us, but we can ask, how can we learn and let what's happening in us make us stronger? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Figure out a way to make it happen for us instead of to us and mm-hmm. looking within. Pure gems, I just want to say, Jane and Sharon and Pam, great to see you. Sharon's like, I'm here. Kelly's like, hello from Detroit. Connie says hello from North Carol or North Car- uh, California. Yeah, oh, say Carolina for some reason. I don't know why, Connie. So glad to have you. Anika saying hello. Anika's in Arizona. Pam is saying hi. She's in Minnesota. Um, Kelly's like that's beautiful. Sharon said love that thinking. Connie said great pivot move and beautiful. And so I just want to thank you from all of us, all of us in the sisterhood, from the bottom of our hearts for giving us this beautiful space today and your experience and your thoughts. And so first off, how can people find you and follow up with you and and learn more about all the amazing things that you're doing? Oh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate the invitation to share because I just want to make the whole world a better place. And wouldn't it be great if all of us could work around people who would act like grownups, wouldn't the whole world be a better place to live and work? So um, first of all, on whatever your podcast app is, look up Women, Wine, and Leadership Podcast. And that's where you'll get weekly inspiration from women who are leading well. And it's all about creating strategies and sharing strategies so we can all lead better. And then um, my website is 360lifestrategies.com. And right there on the landing page, I have a place for you to ask for a free 30-minute coaching session. It's just to sit down and talk about strategies that you need. And I love to share. I was just part of a, a, a wonderful experience where I got to coach 94 people um, in four days. <laughs> Holy moly. Talk about like speed, speed coaching. Coaching. <laughs> it was part of a, a larger event and it was a fantastic event. And what I learned about it is you can have a real transformational moment in 20 minutes on the yes. phone. Yes. And it was 20 minute call after 20 minute call. And it was exhausting and exhilarating at the same time. So don't discount what you can do in 30 minutes. We'll at least create a strategy for you. So go in there and and sign up for one of those sessions. Donna, I want to tell you, so I have a coach as well, and our sessions are 20 minutes long. Nice. They're 20 minutes long. And you can have those moments. You can have those ah ahas as long as you're open to be like, all right, let's just like, let's, let's dive into the, the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings. Let's dive into all this and let's just kind of 
You've inspired me. I think I'm going to create that as a follow-up to my life strategy coaching process. We do like the deep work and assessments and talking about seeing yourself clearly, but I think the follow-up program needs to be 20 minute coaching sessions. That's absolutely brilliant. They're so powerful. And then you come into that. So I don't, I don't, because I also have 90 minute sessions um, that I experience that I love as well, but I walk into those with a different mindset. Right. So that's going to be more of like, let's really explore. Let's figure this stuff out. I can't, I can't get it. But those 20 minute ones, I'm not coming in with the answers, but I'm yeah. coming in open to really just diving in and going fast. So yep. what a great gift. Yes. Thank you so much for offering that. So your website again, can you repeat that one more time? 360, the numbers 360, life, L-I-F-E strategies.com lifestrategies.com 360lifestrategies.com i will make sure you all that it is in the comments jane's like thank you for your insights donna there's lots of love right now i feel it too so appreciate you and uh ladies sisters if you have additional questions maybe you're watching the replay later feel free to uh funnel those questions to me and i'll make sure donna sees them and Yep. We might be able to do another another session or we'll 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 figure out how to get those things answered. Absolutely. Okay? Can I be in your conversation? I'll I'll join in. Excellent. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh Simply Full Sisters, I will see you all on Saturday, 8 a.m. Mountain for our next Zoom support session. So the whole month of May, it's at eight o'clock. This is different than last month. So looking forward to seeing you all then. And then as well, I will have our next wellness lesson on leadership, self-leadership on Sunday. So have a wonderful few days and we will see you all so soon. Nice to meet you. I'm so glad you joined us today on Women, Wine and Leadership. I hope you left for some really practical strategies. And if you're feeling like, hmm, not sure where to go from here, go to 360lifestrategies.com, scroll down the page and click on book my strategy session now. That's what I'm here for. I'll offer you a 30 minute strategy session to kind of get you off to the next place. And you know, if we need to work together further, we can do that. I just want you to be connected with the strategies you need to not just survive this life, but thrive. There's a whole nother world that many of us haven't even had access to. That's what we're here to do. So stop by.